auditions, conventions, social media. Kind of the best way to meet people is like to have have a connection through a friend. Yes, ma'am. It is October 5th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 15 of the Candid Clarinetist podcast. What's going on, everybody? Sam Rothstein here with the Candid Clarinetist podcast. I wanted to take a second at the beginning of this episode to thank you for your continued support and patronage of the Candid Clarinetist podcast. When I started the podcast this past June, I had no idea that it was going to have the impact that it has had so far, and that is all thanks to my loyal listeners. If you haven't already or are new to the podcast, please take a second right now to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever it may be. It only takes a quick second to hit that subscribe button, and this helps the continued growth of the podcast and also has the added benefit to you, the listener, gaining access to new episodes as soon as they are available. If you didn't catch last week's episode, make sure to check it out, Uh, my chat with Andrea Levine, principal clarinet of the Louisville Orchestra. She gives great advice on how to be a good colleague when you're invited to play as a guest with another orchestra, and also some tips on how to maybe get your foot in the door if you're just starting out your professional career. Today's episode is going to be all about networking, and I have invited my good friend Steve Hanisovsky from the Phoenix Symphony to talk with me about this important topic, and I truly think that he is an expert when it comes to networking with other musicians and clarinetists, and he's laughing because he quite literally knows everybody. So, Steve, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Hey, it's great great to be here, Sam. It's so great to see you. This is such a great thing you're doing here. Uh, this is really going to be great. Really fun. Yeah, it's, we're going to have a lot of fun today. So, Steve and I, uh, to to sort of preface this and give him some credibility right off the bat, I believe we first <laughs> met at an audition. I think it was, uh, was it Seattle? Was that where we first met? It might have been Seattle, yeah. Okay, so yeah. we met at an audition and you know, very professionally, I think we were, we played around each other. I don't think we were in the same round, but he saw me and he had worked with my colleagues in Richmond before. He had played there and, and known them for a long time. And he just very casually came up to me, hey, uh, you know, I'm Steve. I play in the Phoenix Symphony. Nice to meet you. Um, he said, you're Sam. And I was like, yeah, it's so nice to meet you. I've, I, you know, we've, I've heard about you. And then uh, after the audition was over, I remember we enjoyed a nice, uh, I, I think we had oven-fired pizza that night. I don't remember what it was. It was something like that. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, he right. just invited me for, for a nice meal and, and it was great. So, um, so Steve, I, let's, just, let's just hit it right off the bat. How do you meet people in this industry? Like, how do you do that? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know if there's a little bit of an art to it. Um, uh, I think I, I guess the, the, the main ways that I've met people in this industry is you've mentioned one of them auditions. Um, another one is, uh, obviously, um, conventions. Um, another obvious one is that we're dealing with right now is social media, um, but I think one of actually the most important ways to meet people is just through the connections that we make with other musicians, with friends. And uh, you actually gave a perfect example of, of, of a good way to meet someone in that um, I, I had an in because I knew who you were uh, because I, we had a, we had a we shared friend um, or two. And uh and auditions can be tricky because uh, meeting people at auditions can be tricky because a lot of people have their they want to go into their space. Some people some people don't need that. Some people are very focused. And um, one of the things that I like to one of the things that I think is important in networking when you're trying to meet people is a thing I call read read the room. And so you know be aware. Uh, you know, like when I, I've seen people at auditions and I am kind of a gregarious person. And, uh, especially as I've gotten older, 
um, as you get older, you sort of just tend to not care about you. You tend to lose some of your inhibitions and not worry about what people are going to think about you. And if you're going to make a fool out of yourself. looking forward to getting older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it does happen. It, it takes a while. But, um, but I, I, you know, that, that, that was a good example because uh, sometimes I've like, I seriously just enjoy meeting people. It's not even so much about uh, meeting fellow musicians uh, so they can do something for me or so I can have, you know, network. It's just mainly, it's like, you can never have enough friends. You can never have enough, you can never have people that you have some kind of a shared interest with. And we do, you know, we do an amazing thing. Um, and it's a specialized thing. And it, uh, it's, it's a very, uh, it actually is a very small world. A friend of mine, that I, uh, speaking of networking, that I work with in uh, the Colorado Music Festival and also the Arizona Music Fest that I work with here, um, uh, likes to say that um, the music industry is not, it's not a small world, it's a large room. Mm. And and so the, the degrees of separation, it's definitely a lot less than six. Um, and uh I'll, once you once you kind of get your foot into the industry, then I, I I think it becomes easier to meet people when you have all these different types of um, you know the different things that we do, the different kinds of concerts and things that we do. So we can get into that mm-hmm. more of that. But I, I think that's I think those four ways um, auditions, um, conventions, uh, social media, and uh, but mostly it's all kind of the best way to meet people is like to have have a connection through a friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said is like, you just like meeting people and getting to know people. Cause I think, and I had this on my list, but I think a lot of people want to network to get something out of the other person. Is it, uh, at least I know you don't, but I, I know certainly <laughs> there's, there are times where they're like, I want to network with that person because I think I can get something in return. Whereas you can get stuff in return by just being genuine with people. I think that's a, that's a very good point. And that's, that's one thing that I think is like, uh, another word that I like to use genuine is a good word. Another word that I like to use is sincere Mm -hmm. sincerity. Um, and, um, and yeah, and I'll, I'll be, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I, the majority of the times that I have, uh, networked, uh, I, it has been, pure in a pure pure sense like not trying to get something from somebody i will admit i have one time that i actually did sort of um kind of not necessarily throw my weight around but just kind of get a little uh aggressive is the right word um with someone but it was someone that i actually already knew it was a conductor that i had a relationship with i hesitate to say friendship people don't like to say People don't like to think that you're friends with conductors because of the political implications. And it is possible to have very good working relationships with conductors um, and still not compromise, you know, and not in a non-political way. And um, so it was our music director here for a while. And uh, uh, and uh, I I was on our artistic advisor. I was the chair of our artistic advisory committee here in Phoenix for off and on for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, actually more than that. Um, I'm one of those people that's been on every single committee. Um, the only thing I haven't done is being chair of the orchestra committee, which I will never do, but, um, <laughs> you might have I, am doing ball that. On that one. I am doing that actually at my, my, I got talked into doing it at my music festival, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, speaking of my music festival, that's, I kind of got my foot in the door at the Colorado music festival because my music director here in Phoenix was also the music director of the Colorado music festival. And, um, there were a couple of my colleagues that played there and everybody kept saying to me, you know, you should come up, you should come up for a week to, to Colorado and hang out. It's so cool. It's so awesome. We can drink beer and you can go hiking and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I kind of put this in the back of my mind and I noticed that, and I had actually, let me preface this by saying I had actually officially auditioned for that festival a couple of times. So it wasn't like I was just like coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, uh, I, uh, 
I, I kind of looked at what they were doing, and that, that year they that summer they were doing the uh, the Wagner Ring Without Words that Berenbaum put together, mm-hmm. which we had actually done in Phoenix the previous season, and so I I knew that that called for four clarinets, and I walked up to my my music director and I said, "Hey, how's it going?" Um, so I see that you're doing the ring without words this summer. Um, and to my credit, I actually, these words came out of my mouth. I said, I, I don't know what your policy is for hiring extras and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Um, but I would love to come up and play if, you know, if possible. Um, if, if there's, you know, if I can get a sub there, uh, for that week. And he said, Oh, you know, that's an interesting idea. Let me get back to you. And so um, the next thing I knew, I got invited to come up and play third clarinet that one week. And um, it worked out that uh, uh, I follow all the things that Andrea talked about last week about fitting in with the section and got along with the section really well. The section at the time was um, Boris Alacrodine, Lou DiMartino, and, uh, um, oh my gosh, I told you I was having, I have senior moments. Um, Michelle Montone uh-huh. was playing bass. And, uh, so we all got along great, just like had a blast. So the next year, the next summer, they had two weeks that they needed an extra. One of them was right of spring. They needed second bass clarinet. And one of them was Mahler six. They needed, they needed me to play, um, second clarinet. So I got invited to do that. And then that sort of worked into, um, I ended up getting a position there, <laughs> yeah, awesome. um, and work there now. And, uh, and that's really the only time that I can think of that. I sort of like, and I, it, there were, I don't even think there's any, I don't even use the word malice, but I just like, you know, that with, uh, you know, approaching it in a, in a very focused sort of way, but to just to wrap up that is to, I think, I think you do have a good point in that, um, I would say that, and I've, I've, I've actually seen this happen, that if you actually try to make connections with the intent of trying to further yourself and, you know, get some kind of um, something out of it, um, you are, you will be less successful than if you approach it in a way of like, I'm just making this connection. And we find a way that we, you know, we have, you know, something, friends, we like just things that work out. And nine times out of 10, those are the ones that lead to someone saying, hey, I remember this guy, this, this woman that I worked with here, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're really cool or they played really well or, they're, or they, they really like cats and I really like, you know, just something like that. And it, it, you, that works. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's I think it's um, and, and it's hard to say that, especially in this time that we're living in right now, when we I think we really feel like we need to make as many connections as possible. Um, you know, I've had people call me to say, uh, you know, Hey, I, I'm, I might need some to teach some extra clarinet lessons right now. And, uh, with some of them forgetting that I actually am in a position where I might need to. (laughs) So, um, you know, I think too, like once you establish those relationships, like you said, in a very genuine and honest and sincere way, there is a way of doing like what you did and being like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have a policy or I'm sure you have, you know, local subs or whatever, but just so you know, like, uh, I'd love to come up and play sometime. It actually, for example, with Andrea, um, I had contacted her a couple months ago about being on the podcast and we knew of each other. We, we weren't, you know, familiar, uh, that familiar, but we knew of each other. And so we'd been talking and, and, uh, you know, they announced that, uh, our orchestra season was canceled. And so, uh, when, when we were corresponding about the podcast, I was just like, Hey, you know, I know you guys are kind of doing some chamber stuff or whatever, but if you ever need anybody, you know, I'd love to come and play. And it was just very like, uh, honest, but respectful. It wasn't like, Hey, exactly. You should call me because I'm around and I'm the best player that you can get. You exactly. Exactly. Sure yeah. enough, like a couple of weeks ago, she called me cause they had some emergency where somebody had been exposed to COVID and I didn't end up, uh, playing cause I had to get some like rapid test that wasn't available for me. But um, but you know, it, it was just, and she, and, and a lot of times what you said is like, they actually really appreciate that. Cause a lot of times they just don't think about it because they're so worried about like their own thing. Um, yeah. so if you go yeah. to some people and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm in the area, 
Um, you know, if you ever need anybody, and a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, great. Especially if they respect yeah. you and they know that you're not coming and trying to build a friendship with them um, just based on like needing something from them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um, so, you know, I, I know that like my wife is a real person and she has a real job. <laughs> and so I know a lot of real people with real jobs use like LinkedIn. And so, I've never really used LinkedIn and with this uh, whole COVID thing I actually made like a LinkedIn profile and stuff and I started perusing it and it's literally like Facebook for professionals. The The vibe right. is a little different, but uh, so for musicians, like what do you recommend? And it, we're, we, since we live in the age of social media, like do you recommend connecting with people on Facebook or LinkedIn or social media or do you prefer email correspondence or like what's your kind of go to method? Well, um, I actually have, um, so I've actually never used LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, I mean in the, you know, back in the day I used to, you know, I had, I had a, I had a little business card that I made up and, uh, uh, you know, that I wasn't just like throwing out like candy. I mean, I would ask someone, would you, you know, Hey, you know, this was great. Uh, great talking with you. Um, yeah, if you, if you ever want to get in touch here. Here's my, here's my card. And it was very simple. It had my name, my, it said clarinetist <laughs> and it had, uh, had my phone number and my email, but nothing, no fancy, no fancy drawings or anything, just like very kind of professional looking. And, uh, um, and I also, I mean, those come in handy because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, you will note it, note this about me. I will go, I will veer and get us back. Um, but, uh, uh, cause networking just doesn't apply to what we do. It applies to like audiences. It applies to like, you know, board members that apply donors, stuff like that. Um, uh, those cards that I made, uh, when I would go hiking in Colorado, I would take a couple with me and I would run, I would meet people cause I'm a huge dog person. So if someone has a dog, I walk up and got to play with the dog, oh, yeah. you know? And, uh, and, uh, you know, so, and I'm just like, I say hello to people. I'm, I'm that guy that like the mask thing is awful for me. Cause I smile at people. Right. I, I, I ask people in coffee shops, how are you doing today? And I'm sincere. I really am sincere about it. Right. And, uh, um, but I would like, I would give people out my card. I would say, Hey, you know, I get a, I get, um, some, some free passes to concerts. If you're interested, email me. And you'd be surprised how many I got people, you know, so he would be, and they're almost afraid to do it. They're kind of like, well, you know, I don't know if you remember me. And I'm like, of course I remember you. This is great. <laughs> and, and they're like, I mean, I've had people want to buy me things because I gave them free tickets because <laughs> they think it's the most amazing thing in the world. And it's such an easy thing to do. So, I mean, that, it, that's kind of back in the day. I, uh, I got on Facebook probably in around 2008. Um, and, uh, and I'm on Instagram. I, uh, I Instagram, I'm, I'm, has been less time. It's probably about three years that I've been a little three and a half years. I've been on Instagram. Um, I, I don't know why it took me so long. I actually these days enjoy Instagram better, uh, a little bit more, but, um, but I did actually, I actually have met people a lot on Facebook just by once again, because that's set up with the whole, what I was talking about earlier about, you know, going through friends. So you, you, I would, I would just like, request friends, like people who were not just the big names, but just like someone I was like, Oh, bass clarinet players. I should know these people and would just kind of go through and not like you're stalking or anything. It's just, it's, it's totally valid just to kind of reach out. And if they're interested, they'll reach back. And if not, and, uh, you know, I've actually, I've actually made some connections that way. Um, and, uh, uh, I've made connections also with people in other industries, uh, or other, uh, Broadway, uh, I, some filmmakers, just things like that, that things that I'm interested in yeah. and that I just kind of go like, Oh yeah, this, someone has this project. I, and I, I've, I've met people by contributing $50 to their Kickstarter, uh, program. And, uh, and it's interesting because you can make connections that way because especially when you get to like music theater, at, there's some bleed over in what we do. Um, but it's just great to have all these people because, um, it really is a network and it really, it's just, it's amazing how these 
things all cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually gotten uh, this Broadway singer. I actually got him um, a well, a performance with my orchestra cool. just by recommending him, which turned into um, our our audience and our administration loving him so much. He we brought him in to to do uh, to sing Tony on a, on our stage version of West Side Story, and uh, and then they loved him so much that they built a whole solo show around cool. him. The next guy, and this guy, I mean, this guy's got chops. He's, you yeah. know, he was in Book of Mormon and Sweeney Todd and, you know, but, you know, this is just someone that I randomly, you know, met um, because of shared interests. And I recognized this talent and I thought, um, okay, well, this is, this is a great way to do it. And this is, this is, this is one other thing I wanted to mention about networking is that like, uh, it's sort of a tired phrase, but paying it forward, just sort of like, and, and sort of broadening your horizons into, um, you know, like, like, uh, networking can also be you helping other people network, Yep. you know, I don't know if that's, that's necessarily paying it forward, but just, uh, you know, I, I, I have friends that I just, I don't hesitate to say like, okay, um, I, I know you're looking for this. I have these, here's five names, mm-hmm. give that, you know, and it, and, uh, and on that stuff, it, it, it does kind of, it, uh, even if it, even if it doesn't come back on you in some way, um, where you get something out of it, it just feels good. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, that's, I mean, we, you know, there's only, there's only so many positions in the orchestra industry, um, that we have. And a lot of people with that are very talented and I like to get as many people involved as possible. Yeah. And I think that's great. So so yeah, I mean, like I don't use LinkedIn, but I do use um, I do use social media, and uh, uh, and uh, and then I also you know like contacts with friends. Yeah, that's awesome, Steve. And I I like that you um, you started off with, with well, I I just like meeting people in person. Like I just like walking by and saying, "Hey, I'm Steve. I'm a clarinetist." You know. Yeah. What What yeah. are you about? Um, and and it's interesting that. <laughs> You you said too that you like to help other people network, and I've been doing a lot of this recently. Um, you know, just because of the uncertainty of everything, and I've had a chance and an opportunity to sort of explore my other interests. And uh, for example, this afternoon I was having uh, a Zoom meeting with uh, this gentleman. He works in uh, sports production, uh, and because I've always been interested in that, and and yeah, and I think that you know, I, from my standpoint, I would never, I, I can't think of any stand unless I was busy and I couldn't do it never think of a circumstance where I would say, no, I won't have coffee with you or I won't meet over zoom for 15 minutes to just chat about what I do. And I'm sure you're the same way. I mean, like we all just like to talk and, and and so it's, I've been having a lot of those meetings. So I I think don't be, uh, you know, don't be shy in terms of reaching out to people that you might just say, Hey, you know, my name's Sam. Uh, I admire what you do. I'd love to have a chat about it. And the worst thing that could happen is you don't get an email back. Yeah. And I think I'm glad you said that because I was one of the, another point I was going to make is that like, do not be afraid to reach out to people. Do not be afraid to, um, I mentioned conductors before and, uh, I'm going to, I actually, I, I, I saw Andrea's, um, uh, session with you. And, mm-hmm. uh, I remember, I, I remember the thing she talked about with uh, conductors were when you're subbing, like, don't be, don't make a beeline to the conductor's <laughs> right. podium. And, and yes, I, I agree with that. Um, an exception to that might be like, if you know, if it's, if it just happens to be that, like, it's a conductor that you worked with at Tanglewood or, you know, yeah. there, there are, there are, there are minor exceptions to that, but most of the time you don't want to, you don't want to, but once again, that's a lot of times when people are making that beeline, they're making it for a reason. Right. And, um, uh, a lot, I prefer to like, because I've had those situations where um, uh, I've, I've 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 always I've, I've I have friends. Sorry, I'm rambling here for a bit. Um, I have some friends who want to have no interactions with conductors at all. Like they like to, you know, that like they, in fact they prefer that like they are anonymous. And yes. um, unfortunately, we're not anonymous. <laughs> we're playing an orchestra. Um, and I mean, some of this comes with my experience because I've been in the business for about 36 years now. And I mean, as you with experience, you you start to feel um, 
you can you you can feel less inclined to tread lightly. Um, although I think you still should. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I well, because to be honest, I'm at the point in my career now where like some of the conductors I'm playing with, like, um, were not born when I started in this industry. <laughs> and so, and and all you know, and you know, we're orchestra musicians. We all know it's the unspoken thing that we know more than most conductors about a lot of things, uh, or at least at least at least how an orchestra works. And, um, and, uh, so I, you know, as I just got older, I, I, I didn't have a problem like, um, you know, like asking a question or, uh, even early on, um, there's conductor James DePriest mm-hmm. and, uh, I think it was my third year here in Phoenix. He came and it was the first time I played under him. And, uh, we did like, we did this really awesome program. It was, um, this is my weird memory. I was mentioning to you when yeah. we were off camera. Sure. Um, we did, uh, this was like 1989. So, uh, we did the foray Palias and Melisande, uh, Walton viola concerto, which I love and Sibelius one. And, uh, and that Sibelius one, that performance was sort of one of, I, I would put that in one of my top 10 moments, mm-hmm. that moment when it opens up on the last page and it just started and the orchestra is spreading like this and it all of a sudden opens it up into E major. Um, I mean, it was just every night we did it, you just kind of went, okay, I want to have a cigarette after this. This is like amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, and I, I, I made sure that I, I, enge- I engaged with him. Cause I had, I had, I actually had a question to ask him cause I was playing something. Uh, there was something in the bass clarinet part on the, uh, the Walton. And I had a question for him. So I was like, oh, you know, Mr. DePriest, uh, Maestro, nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and he engaged with me because um, mm-hmm. I had a really good, I had a reason to be up there. I wasn't just trying to uh, meet with him. And, um, and he ended up, uh, I actually ended up like shortly after that auditioning for Oregon Symphony because he was music director then and didn't get the position. But, um, but then uh, fa- fast forward to about 11 years later, um, our music director at the time, uh, became seriously ill. And for a season, DePriest was our acting principal guest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he remembered me from all of that time back, just from like, just making those little connections. And so I, 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 I want to go, I mean, I say, don't be afraid, but I, I really go back to, it's like, it's, it's how you do it. It's yeah. how you approach it with sincerity. And, um, I mean, even like, sometimes it's like, just like, you know, having a shared you know, knowing that you have some kind of a shared interest about something and saying like, Oh, Hey, you know, I, uh, it's a bad example, but like, Hey, I love those pictures of your dog on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, You can do that stuff like that. Like, you know, and, and it's amazing how people like, you know, when, when you kind of get out of all the, the nuts and bolts of what we do and you start like inter- interacting like people, then that can actually, you know, that, that opens doors that later on, you know, those are the people they remember because, because, um, conductors, yeah, I mean like the big, our big, our big artists, um, or even like in the, you know, like, uh, Ricardo or somebody like that, you mm-hmm. know, big, big name in an orchestra, they have so many people coming up to them to do, you know, for, you know, they have, they have, they have instrument people coming up. They have read people coming up to them to, to endorse stuff. They have, people wanting lessons. They have people just wanting, like, I, I just want to touch your robe, type, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and if you just actually like treat them like a person and like interact with them, it's amazing. Yeah. You, you know, the connections you make. Yeah. That's super cool. And let's, let's dovetail onto this. So I know you are a regular, uh, attendee of the ICA conferences, obviously not this year because no one could go this year, but um, I distinctly remember the one time I went uh, when it was in Kansas, you like flew in on the last day just to come in and try everything. And then you flew. Out. Oh, that <laughs> was, one. Yes. That was That's great. actually the last one I was at. That was actually the last one I was at. Um, yeah, I, uh, so, um, I had gone to a couple of conventions when I was younger. Um, and, um, and then I hadn't gone in for a long time. And, uh, and I remember, I, I can, I remember because this is gonna, this is going to segue right into how the person who we know, we know each other through, mm-hmm. um, is I, uh, it was the summer of 2005 and I, uh, I needed something cause I, I, uh, 
Phoenix Phoenix's season is um, it's varied over the years I've been here, but it's it, it's, it's around thirty eight weeks. Okay. Um, and so that means I it's like a I, I say it's like a teacher. We have three months right. off. And uh, and for except for one one year where I subbed in in nineteen ninety nine I subbed uh, for the summer in Santa Fe Opera, mm-hmm. um, and the next year I actually was a member of the Eastern Music Festival, and I unfortunately gave that up for personal reasons. Um, and then um, then it wasn't until I got the started doing Colorado Music Festival in about two thousand ten I think is when that happened that. I did anything in the summer. So all those other decades I was that I was here, I was sitting in this god awful heat in the summer. <laughs> and um, so that summer, two thousand five, I thought I need something. I need some inspiration. I need something to do. And I came upon the Oklahoma Clarinet Symposium, and um, had never been before. And I was just doing some research. And I went, you know what? This is a couple of days. This sound sounds great. I want to go do this. And I went there and I had a great time. And um, I really, I really missed that. I mean, I, I, uh, I, 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 not to, not to bad mouth, uh, and I'm not bad mouth, this is a bad choice of words, but the, the conventions, but I, I really love the symposium because it was just smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and my buddy Francois Clock, who you've also had mm-hmm. on, who I met, networked with at the, uh, Oklahoma clarinet symposium, um, not that year, but another year, um, that, I mean, we talked about this, about how like he loved that more than going to the conventions because he says at the, uh, at that symposium, there was usually only one thing going on at once. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you got, could actually take time to interact with people, which is hard to do at the big convention, especially when you're part of the big corporations there. Yeah. But, um, but uh, so, yeah, so I went I, I did that and I met a very dear friend, Jared, and uh, um, just kind of networking met yep. him and um, we hit it off. And uh, the next thing I knew, uh, the next year, both of us had been offered for the next symposium. Both of us got offered um, recitals cool. and to play. And then um, and then uh, we actually uh, met uh and hung out at uh, that was one i think bet- 2005 2006 that was one one of the minnesota orchestra that might have been assistant principal audition or something okay. like that yeah um and so we met we met up there and you know went out you know i think he passed on i didn't the next day we went out and had beer you know mm-hmm. it was great and um and then we just we were friends and uh um and uh so then there came an opportunity for uh they needed a they needed a fourth player in Richmond, and this was to play. And this is you'll find this very funny. I think we've talked about this, but it was uh, this is when Ralph was there, mm-hmm. was principal, and they needed a bass clarinet player for Prokofiev Five, which which we played together in Richmond. Which right, right. <laughs> so um, so I went there and played. And that's how I met Ralph. Um, uh, Sherry Hoffman was another one that she played second clarinet there, and I'd actually met her at uh the san francisco opera audition uh for principal and that jared and she and i and uh ralph i think was in the finals for that Mm -hmm. and um and when we when we didn't pass on we all went and ran around san francisco and you know because i i i love san francisco i'd been a lot and so she sherry was like where do we go i said okay we're gonna go here we're gonna have cookies here we're gonna have pizza here we're gonna do the blah blah and uh so anyway so i that's how i got a you know, my networking got me a gig in in Richmond, and mm-hmm. then uh, probably uh, four years later, I think, is when you were there, and I came back and we played the exact same piece yeah. with well, the you, exact you same e conductor. I played E flat that time because <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I do all that stuff. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So I'm I'm getting off the the convention here thing. But um. So yeah. So I loved that. I loved the symposium. Yeah. And I went every year until it had to, until David passed away and it had to shut down. Yeah. But then I started, I thought, well, you know, I should, I should, st- I should start going to the, uh, the ICA conventions. Mm-hmm. And so, and so for a while there, I went to everyone that was, I didn't go overseas, but, uh, all the ones that were in the States. And so I was doing that and, 
boy, I mean, like I was, I was performing. I was like, just like, eh. I would say that those, these last 15 years, especially with social media, that's really like taken off where I've met the most people I have in my career. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of them through that. I mean, I, I, I'm buddies with Francois clock. I met Greg Radin. Um, I'm thinking of all the people that have been on your, your podcast <laughs> here. Um, I know, I mean, I knew Ralph, um, um, I met Heather and Alcides. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I actually met Alcides before I met Jared because Alcides played in the Jacksonville Symphony. Right. And, and I was friends with Peter Wright, who was the uh, principal there. And uh, so I, I had met Alcides, but then I met Heather and his wife. Um, so if our uh, listeners Oklahoma, haven't been able to Jared. tell here, Steve, like I said, knows everybody. <laughs> so uh, listen to his networking advice. And it's funny that you mentioned Francois Clock because actually when he and I, I first met him at that Kansas ICA, because I did a concert with Lori and his students, and mm-hmm. we met up afterwards. And obviously Lori's a pretty high up in the buffet artist um, yes. hierarchy, I guess. It's not really a hierarchy, but you know, he's he's one of their feature artists for sure. Um, and he introduced me to Francois and a couple of years later I was a buffet artist. So, um, super important conventions. Um, and also I, you know, having this podcast, I, I am really looking forward to the first ICA that I can attend. I, I have some really awesome ideas for what I can do with those, uh, with the podcast. Yes. So stay tuned for that. That'll be really fun. Um, yeah. but yeah, so for those who don't know the Oklahoma symposium, uh, it's now defunct, right? It, it hasn't happened probably since like the early 2010s. Is that correct? No. Um, I want to say David. So, um, it was the, his last year, he, he became very ill. Unfortunately, it was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was, it was awful. I mean, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful person. And he'd done this thing for 35 years. Um, and, um, but he became seriously ill and it was the, it was the same summer, that the ICA was in, uh, Austin okay. at UT Austin. So it was that summer. Um, and then he passed away. So, um, uh, the woman who took over him, which I'm having a senior moment to remember who it is, um, but who took over at, um, at OU, uh, she had it the next year. She tried to keep it going. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, if any of you know anything about these conventions, they are huge, huge undertakings. And even that, even just that one week, um, uh, you know, even without um, the, the the vast scale of some of these conventions, just that one that one uh, weekend in Oklahoma took a, a year of planning. And um, you know, and David had had that down to an art, and it just it became a little bit too much for um, for them to do after yeah. that. Cause it, I, it sort of dropped off. I remember going the year after that and a lot of people had, you know, the attendance was really down and, um, and then it just became like, um, sort of untenable to keep it going, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, cause it was really a great thing, but, um, but, uh, yeah. So, and, and I want to say it was, I want to say it was probably around 2013 okay. maybe. Is yeah. when it was the last one. I figured it was it was right around that time. But uh, yeah, yeah, the ICA conventions are excellent. Um, you can meet everybody there. Uh, I mean, you know, lots of great artists, lots of great concerts, lots of great vendors. So uh, highly recommend those. Uh, they're usually midsummer, usually July, August, sometimes. So um, if you have a chance, uh, check them out. The ICA conventions, uh, great great place to meet people. Um, so what do you think the biggest value is in uh, networking in the clarinet world? Aside from like getting work, well, I think it's um, I, I've kind of you know what we've been talking about here is I think it's about just maintaining uh, maintaining really good relationships mm-hmm. with uh, uh, well with your colleagues, but uh, well, you're not just necessarily your colleagues in your work sphere, but just your colleagues in the world. Yeah, and um, I mean it's just it's really. Well, I think actually one of the value is the is is uh, a big value for me is that ability to like um, connect people. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I, you know, part of part of what I said networking is like helping other people out, and I mean I there had so many times where I've I've put people who had not did not know each other together. Mm-hmm. Just to say, like, okay, I know this 
this works and that works. And like you people should, you guys should know each other. Right. And, you know, and I think, you know, just, I, I think it's just the value of it. Just like it, it just, it, it also just helps make everything that we do that much better. Just a bit, you know, just makes like, uh, the, the, if it is work, it makes the work experience that much better. You yeah. know, just having, having, uh, uh, it, cause it goes outside of, it goes outside of, um, well, clarinetists. I mean, I have like, I know a lot of flute players. I know a lot of bassoon players and, and, uh, just, I mean, just have being able to connect to all these different parts of our industry, um, is amazing. And, uh, I mean, what wouldn't be valuable about that? Yeah. And I think too, that, uh, I mean, you know, when I was younger and when we were all younger, I think that music was kind of a, it was a little bit of a competitive thing in a way where there was all these competitions. This person got first chair, this person got, and when you get older and you start to learn more about the people behind it, everyone's just super cool and they're just great people, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I just like getting to know people like yourself and like Francois, just like all these people that I've had on my show. Um, you know, a lot of them I just I hadn't known that well. And it's just nice to get to know people. And there's a lot of just great, amazing people behind who they are as clarinetists. And I think that you're, proving this point is like, it's just great to connect people and just, you know, like you said, who wouldn't want to do that? So I think that's really fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, and part of uh, sort of and your point there also is that, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, and it's sort of the way things are set up is that, I mean, with the whole audition, yeah. the way that we, which, you know, sometime I have, I have, I have lots of thoughts about auditions. <laughs> we all <laughs> do are, for sure. And how they are not, how they are possibly the least efficient way to hire somebody, but, uh, at least the way they're set up yeah. um, now, but, um, it's all set up to be very competitive. But then once you get into what we do, if you're, if you're in the orchestra world, um, it's a team sport. Yep. I mean, there are very, you know, if you think about it, well, and I, I don't want to digress too much here, but like, I mean, one of my issues, especially as I've like, uh, judged auditions and, uh, uh, not just for clarinet, but for, for other things, for wind instruments particularly, is that I, a lot of times I feel like we test, because it's a test, yeah. we test the wrong things. So, you know, like you take a principal clarinet audition, you're going to play all the big clarinet solos, all the big moments. Um, yeah, and you might play some daftness. So that's your, you know, that's kind of an ensemble thing. But most things are, well, and also I'm, I'm, of, I'm one of those people who's of the school that, the Mendelssohn Scherzo is not about articulation. It's an ensemble excerpt, yeah. but, um, uh, and, and, uh, 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 Mendelssohn Scottish symphony. Another one. That's my, yep. that one, the, the second clarinet players who took our auditions probably hate me because I was the one that like, uh, we were, that was, that was a very deciding factor for a lot gotcha. of things. Um, but, um, but, um, it, you know, that it's, it's like, but if you think about it in the overall scale of things, how many times, unless you're a, con unless you're a concert master, maybe principal oboe, um, I mean, how many times it, in the percentage wise, do you play a solo? It's not, it's, it's 2% a, it's, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if we 1%. said 20, that would be saying, yeah, you know, <laughs> and so, and so most of the time it's like, and, and what makes an orchestra work is, I mean, it's a, it's a unit. It's a, it's a thriving you know, this beast that, but it has to, has to work together. I mean, one of the reasons, uh, Berlin is such a great orchestra is, I mean, they all play chamber music. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you're know, like the bass clarinet player has played chamber music with one of the string bass players that sing across the orchestra and they can't help, but like, just think and not think in their own, that they think globally, not locally. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and that's, you know, that's networking. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, like, it's building, it's, it's building and, uh, uh, reinforcing our team. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. Uh, so it's not just networking with fellow musicians, right? Because we happen to be in an industry that is very reliant on patrons and very reliant on donations. We, we work in a nonprofit, uh, organizations. And so I feel like networking with patrons and donors is incredibly important, uh, you know, particularly in the time we live in now, but certainly, uh, even when the orchestra season is going on, I, I always make a point to 
you know, get to know our donors and get to know our patrons and, and sort of, you know, take down the curtain between the, well, both the physical and the, exactly. you know, the proverbial <laughs> curtain between the audience and the orchestra. So what do you do uh, in terms of networking with, with your donors and your patrons? Well, um, one of the first things that I did, um, and this, this doesn't necessarily have to be a prerequisite for this type of interaction, but, um, I got connected with with several donors and board members and even audience members, um, through being on various committees Mm -hmm. in, um, uh, in the orchestra and, uh, especially particularly board board members, but then that would sort of lead to donors. Um, and, um, uh, but I mean, once you've kind of broken that seal, um, (laughs) it becomes easier to do. And, um, well, let me give you an example of, of, uh, and I, well, and let me step back and say that, um, it does help. Um, I think in the same way, that you know we, we've talked about like not approaching someone you know with the intent of what are you going to do for me mm-hmm. you know not intention a donor to like are you going to give money to my organization right. <laughs> give us more it's, money you know yeah. you know it's finding 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 uh things that you have in common or just like you know just, or also just not being afraid to talk to people mm-hmm. because they are people and if you're um you know, if you happen, if your orchestra happens to throw a, some kind of event where people are mingling and stuff like that, don't be afraid. Yep. You know, you know, don't be a dork and an idiot, but I mean, still don't be afraid <laughs> to like, because they are, they, with, with some exceptions, they are people also. Right. And, uh, and you kind of have to, cause I think people are just a lot, a lot of times afraid to just go up or they feel like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that. They're not going to talk to me. It's like, okay, if they don't, they're lost. Right. So, um, and, uh, so I have sort of a cute example of, um, how my chair in the Phoenix symphony got, it is the Saul and Esther, uh, Drescher Moltzett, uh, chair. I'm Saul and Esther Drescher chair. Um, that was done by, uh, Susan and Mark Moltzett. Moltzett. Mark, I think was at one point like a part owner of Phoenix Suns or mm-hmm. something like that. This was, and this is, we're talking, about 25 years ago. Um, so, um, Susan, um, one of the people who had done my church was on our board of directors. And so I had met her at a luncheon where, uh, our, uh, our executive director at the time had like invited me because at that point I was starting to kind of get a reputation for being, um, cool guy. yeah, someone who was, <laughs> who did, wasn't afraid to like, you know, like talk with donors and talk with, you know, audience people and, yeah. and, and so uh, we'll say cool guy. I'll go with that. Yeah, we'll but, take that. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. But um, so, uh, you know, and we had just, we just had this great conversation. I would say it was me and the ladies who lunch at this, you know, one mm-hmm. thing, sitting big table. And I just, you know, was working my charms. And um, so then fast forward to um, they, her, she and her husband hosted this event at their house, which is, yeah, it's like massive. Yeah. You know, they're there's a tennis court. Let's yeah, put right. it that way. <laughs> what are those um, and yeah, and we actually, so we actually did like, there was a group of about 10 of us that like uh, played like uh, for some donors who were there for an event and we played on the tennis court. And I remember playing, I can't even tell you when I played, I played the Jean Jean arabesques, nice. um, yeah. little piano there and did my little thing. Okay. So that, and there was a, they were having like a little, um, you know, luncheon and there was an open bar and I walked up, uh, I walked up to the bar and Mark, her husband, this rich guy, he was bartending and, mm-hmm. um, and we were chatting and he was like, Oh yeah, what do you, what do you like? And, uh, he had this bottle of 18 year old McAllen scotch mm-hmm. sitting up there. And I said, so can I have some of that? <laughs> and he was like, and he looked at me, he said, you like McAllen? And I said, yes, I do. And I, I wasn't lying. I actually did. I never had an 18 year old, but yeah. I, I thought, you know, cause I can afford it. But, um, and, uh, so we sort of bonded in that, you know, five minutes over us having this liking McAllen scotch. The next thing that happened is that a couple of weeks later, um, they, um, the, uh, our executive director called me. She said, so Mark and Susan have endowed your chair. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. 
And, you know, and I mean, like, and all I did was just like be a dude. Yeah. <laughs> just like interact with them. See, I thought um, you were going to say they sold that bottle of scotch and then endowed your chair with the money that they. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I've, so I've met people that way and um, I've met um, audience members. I think it's great. I mean, like audiences, you know, you go out, you, you just go out in the, uh, during intermissions, you yeah. can meet people. For and, sure. uh, um, I also, I've been, um, uh, cause as you can tell, I'm not afraid to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I've been, I've been tagged quite a few times to give, uh, curtain speeches uh-huh. and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and I just kind of like walk and I, you know, figure out jokes and they laugh. And, and so people have gotten to know me sort of as this figure and I, uh, I just, uh, I, so like I said earlier, I like, I, with sincerity say, ask people in coffee shops, like, how are you doing? How's your day going? I do the same thing. I walk through, I walk through the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the the front part of the auditorium at an intermission or before. And I'll just like, you know, Hey, how's it going? You know, just like, and you know, being, it it sort of takes some of the mystery away. You're, you're Mm -hmm. not this like thing that's up, uh, well, we have a proscenium stage too, so it's even worse. So yeah. it's like, you know, we're far away on the proscenium. Yeah. We're, you know, we're not in the midst of the orca of the audience. So, yeah, but I mean, that's, it's, I think it's very important to do that. It's very important to do that because, um, especially in the time, I mean, right now, um, right now when we need our audiences to be, you know, uh, gunning for us or not mm-hmm. gunning for us is the wrong word, but you know, like, you know, supporting vouching us, for, yeah. a vouching for us. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, uh, I mean, it's gr- so great here to see how people are just like, they cannot wait. They cannot wait to see us again. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, and I believe that, I mean, I, I believe that. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I think it's, that's, that's very important. I think it's very important to, to, not just network with um, our own, but to, you know, broaden the family. Absolutely. And I loved, uh, I mean, I loved everything that you said there, but I think that, uh, you know, if I had any piece of advice, I, I would say, don't be that person who just like, you know, you see people looking at you uh, afterwards and pointing at you and looking at your instrument in awe, especially kids. Don't be afraid to just go say hi and, and just, you know, you don't have to Absolutely. like duck away and jump off stage as soon as possible and avoid all contact. Like just engage with people because they're never going to forget that. And that's the thing is like because to you or to them, you are a rock star, especially yeah. kids. Like they just they think you're so cool. And if you go and say hi to them or take a picture with them or talk to them about your instrument, they will remember that probably for the rest of their lives. And that's totally worth it. And their parents are going to remember it. And it's just going to be a great thing. So don't be the person who just kind of shuns away from all engagement. Um, make sure you, you stay engaged with your audience as well as uh, obviously your other colleagues. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, like I'm at a point in my career, I've been doing it long enough, but I, I think you're probably getting to this point too, where you've probably um, uh, had, uh, you know, had, had people come up to you and, and comment about that or say like, you know, um, I remember, years ago when, you know, you came up and said hello to my, my son who, you know, now, now, now he plays the, maybe not the clarinet, but now he's, you know, he plays the French horn and he's going to USC and it's, you know, right. it's like, it's, it, cause you really, I, I'm here to tell you, I mean, you, you have to get, you have to get a few years in and get, be able to get some distance from it, but I'm here to tell you those connections are huge. Mm-hmm. They have, I mean, some, some, the most, what could be some the most minor thing for you just to like spend five minutes, just like showing someone your instrument or just having a, having a, uh, uh, a kid or, or, or an adult say like, you know, just ask you a question. And it's, it's amazing. Like you just, it, we, we really have no idea. And it's, 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 it's the networking thing because yeah. it's like, it, you, you plant a seed and then it grows somewhere. And, yep. uh, and, uh, so yeah, I would absolutely say that those are, those are as important as the connections we make within our industry. Absolutely. Too. 
Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, before you leave, do you have any last words, shout outs, pieces of advice, or words of wisdom? I always give my guests a chance to just uh, stand on a soapbox if they so wow. choose. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I've been doing this for a long time, <laughs> uh, and and it's been great. And I, I mean, I've 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 done a lot of things, and uh, and I think a lot of it is because I've um, because I haven't been afraid to open my up to myself up to the experience outside of what we do of, of meeting people of being genuinely interested in not, Oh, you know, not just the clarinet. I mean, my, uh, I know that, uh, on one of your, uh, one of your break the ice things that you did with one of the earlier podcasts, you asked about favorite pieces and, you know, one of my favorite pieces, actually I would say, or desert Island pieces, maybe uh, two of, at least two of them do not involve the clarinet at all. Right. One of them is one of them is music for strings, percussion, and celesta, mm. and the other one is the Bach Goldberg variations. And you know, and I could like I could spend my life listening to those two pieces. I think they're amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Pulcinella is a good, I is a it. solid, yeah. solid choice. Um, Petrushka, I love Petrushka. That's one I could you know live yeah. with. But um, you know, it's it's uh, but you know to 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 be open to everything because it's it's uh, I like to think uh, I think it's my buddy. I can call him a buddy, which is great, Bert Hora. Mm -hmm. um, we met, I met Bert at an audition. Here's a quick story. Um, he, when he won his uh, first job, which was Alabama Symphony, mm -hmm. I was in the finals with him for that. And there was a whole, I won't tell it now, but there was a whole thing that went on that ended up with him and some of the other finalists sleeping on the floor in the hotel room that my roommate and I had got there because, because the audition went so late. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, you know, and us having beer and pizza and stuff like that. And, and I've known Bert, that's, that was like 1984. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, and I've known him for all these years. And I mean, I, I, I think, I think I can attribute this to him. I love that he says, you know, he wants to be remembered, not as a great clarinetist, but as a great musician. I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but, but yeah, I mean, it's like, that's what you want to do. And, uh, and, and I think this kind of, you know, opening yourself up to, to knowing and being involved and being and helping other people along their paths in what we do is part of that, part of that, you know, being, being that total amazing, a, a musician, mm -hmm. which is not just, not just reads and not just all the nuts and bolts that we put in and not all the, the excerpts that we play and stuff like that, but it's everything that comes together and how that works. And, uh, yeah. And I, I just, I can't, I can't, uh, encourage people enough to just like, you know, reach out, don't be afraid. Um, reach out, reach out to people, you know, reach out to friends on Broadway or, you know, like they need help now too, or just like, Hey, I'll just, and, uh, you met, you know, I, I've gotten into see shows through friends yeah, <laughs> I, sure. I met on Facebook cause we just, you know, had a friend in common. And I think it's, I, I just think it's great. I, I, uh, I also real quickly, um, I don't even know so much of this networking, but I mean, I just like, I feel like I am where I am even before I started kind of networking. Um, we share, uh, I would say we share a teacher, although I really only had one lesson with him and that's Lori Bloom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, when I, uh, uh, I went to, I went to school in, uh, Chicago, um, but I didn't go to Northwestern. I went to North Park college, which is really small. Mm -hmm. I think it's called North Park university now, but I studied with Marcellus and Clark Brody. And, um, uh, and that was right around the time that Lori, right. That was right around my first year was the first year that Larry Combs became principal. Mm -hmm. And so John was there, um, Lori was there. And I actually, fun fact, you may or may not know this, the job I have right now was Lori's first job. Yep. I did know that. Yes. And, uh, cause I remember when I first got it, they, Chicago came through that first year, um, to play a gamage. And we were, we were laughing about that. But, um, I, uh, when I started graduate school at Florida state with Fred Ormond, I, um, uh, the, after one of the first concerts, I got assigned to play contra alto clarinet on the Henza, uh, on the Henza clarinet concerto. And, uh, I had never, at that point, I probably had held a bass clarinet in my hand, maybe three times in my entire life. Okay. And, and so I dutifully went to and rent, you know, got the contra alto. It was one of those big Rosewood LeBlanc ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
And the joke that I make with people now is that I made the mistake of doing a good job yes. because then for three years at Florida State, I was pegged. Steve was the bass clarinet guy. Yeah. And uh, so Fred showed me a few things on bass clarinet. And then because I, I still had connections to Chicago and actually was going to spend spring break with my friends from uh, my undergraduate friends from school, uh, he said, you should get a lesson with Lori Bloom. And so I dragged a bass clarinet on spring break up to Chicago and had my, my one bass clarinet lesson with Lori Bloom. And, uh, but it changed my life because I have, um, I have a career because I played the bass clarinet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was in the finals for several jobs, but I mean, it was like my two, uh, orchestra jobs or full-time jobs that I've held were bass clarinet jobs. Yeah. Um, and then even E flat, like I never had an E flat lesson, but like I play E flat everywhere mm-hmm. now. And, uh, um, uh, and I, you know, played in all these places just because of, and just that one little thing where, um, Fred had this connection and sent me, you know, just, and I made that connection with Lori and, mm-hmm. uh, it was great. So, I mean, these little things that we do, it can, uh, really makes a difference. Yeah. So. Well, that's yeah. a great uh, note to end on, Steve, and thank you so much for your time tonight. Um, I guess it's tonight for me, it's this evening for you, since we're on opposite yes, sides exactly. of the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Not the world, the country. Sometimes it yeah. feels like a world. Um, but for our new listeners out there, please make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at The Candid Clarinetist, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash The Candid Clarinetist. If you haven't checked out our new website, I would also encourage you to do so at candidclarinetistpodcast.com. You can find links to everything I just talked about at the at the website, on the website. Uh, once again, I am Sam Rothstein, and thanks for tuning in to The Candid Clarinetist Podcast.